Wine and Crime contains graphic and explicit content that may not be suitable for some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. to Wine and Crime, the podcast where three friends chug wine, chat true crime, and unleash, (laughs) and (laughs) quote, huge portions of the movie Titanic in their worst Minnesotan accents. For sure. Keep checking them! Is anyone alive out there? I'll never let go, Jack! Oh yeah, but you did, (laughs) didn't you? Didn't you, Rose? Pete me like one of your French girls. Oh, yeah. Free the nipple. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. This episode has nothing really to do with Titanic. That's just what I mean, we were nothing at about. all yeah. to do with Titanic. Not even really. Just period. Just over at, and out. Just nothing to do with Titanic. <laughs> yeah. Um, this is actually a... Fan pick uh, by a $25 a month Patreon patriot, Grace Laurent. Mm. Oh, bless you, Yves Saint Laurent. (laughs) 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 Um, That's the brand, right? Sure, close enough. I know. That's how you say it, right? (laughs) Yeah. Um, Grace Laurent. Laurent. So her original idea was something along the lines of, like, murder glass ceiling breakers, mm-hmm. i.e. women who should be seen as being as infamous as male killers. And so yep. we, we took that and we tried to make a shorter title, and so we have landed on infamous females. <laughs> Nevertheless, she persisted in murdering people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, she did. Oh my and God. I can't speak to your case, but in mine, a lot of people. <laughs> mine, a lot of Like people. an absurd amount of people. <laughs> like, are numbers even real amount of people? Oh. Uh, okay, good that we're on the same page. Okay. Well, women just do it better. What can I uh-huh. say? Oh, um, oh God. So, or worse, depending on how you look yeah. at it. Yeah. So what is our wine crime pairing with infamous females? Yes, this week we are drinking the Honey Beast White Woo. Blend <laughs> from Wink Wine Club. <laughs> Wink is a wine club. Oh, my God. I love saying that. No. Uh, it is, though. It is a club for wine. Uh, if you go to try wink forward slash gals, you can peruse their insane inventory of amazing wines, primarily out of California, which we've talked about a lot, but keep buying those California wines because of the yep. devastation of wildfires. Mm-hmm. It's eliminated a lot of uh, really important growing regions, and for them to rebuild, they needed mm-hmm. to be buying their products. So if you want to do your part for mm-hmm. your fellow man, woman, Child. neither or both, uh, <laughs> yeah, child, uh, join Wink. 
Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, basically when you sign up for the first time, they're going to prompt you to take a little palate quiz so you can see what your taste preferences are. You might learn some things you didn't even know. And then they'll make recommendations based on those preferences, but you don't have to go with them. You can go ahead and pick from anything in their inventory. Um, you put four or more wines in your basket, and they take care of the shipping. It's mm-hmm. sent to your door. You don't have to leave your house. Ever. God bless it. Ever again. <laughs> and... Uh, yeah, you use uh, our promo code GALS, you get 20 bucks off your first order. So that's basically four bottles of wine for like 30 bucks. Who yeah. could beat that? You really can't. It's a crazy nope. deal. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. So I highly recommend checking it out. Once again, that link is try, T-R-Y, wink, W-I-N-C, dot com, forward slash GALS. So I picked this mostly for its name because women killers can often seem like an anomaly or like an oxymoron because of our societal roles as gentle and demure. Mm-hmm. But yeah, right. uh, there yeah. are some truly monstrous women out there too, y'all. And uh-huh. you're listening to three of them. So that's pretty great. We are <laughs> capable of very bad of things. Of a lot. Anything. You'd be shocked. Um, um, so yeah, yeah, Honey Beast, right? Yep. It's mm-hmm. Honey Beast. Honey beast. Mm-hmm. This is a blend of two of... My personal favorite French grape varietals, Roussan and Marsan. Be a guest. Be a guest. I wanted to sing that, either, but it just felt like a Lumiere moment. Um, this particular bottle is quite light and delicate, with more of a floral nose. It's not too dry, but it's also not sweet. It's very soft and very balanced. Um, some reviews have found that to be. A great thing. Some reviews have found that to be not preferable, but again, flavor is subjective. So some people really like a soft white. I do like a soft white as long as it's not mm-hmm. too sweet. Mm-hmm. Um, because this is a wine out of California, the Roussan grapes were cultivated in a warmer climate, which is what produces that honey-like flavor to the grape. And if we remember from previous episodes, it the grape itself is almost like a russet, kind of rust color. And that word rue is probably Mm -hmm. where, in French, is where it gets its name for just the color of the grape. Mm -hmm. Um, Also, a refresher, it's very finicky. It's prone to mildew and over-ripening if it's not attended to properly and not in, like, its perfect conditions. So it works really well in climates like California where just wine grapes seem to grow in such a beautiful harmony. Um, But because of its... its variance from um, vintage to vintage, it's really common for it to be blended, especially with a grape like Marceau, mm. probably because it's a much less fin- finicky grape, that Marceau grape, um, and it tends to balance out some of the sweetness and the viscosity that the Roussan can provide. It has a little bit lighter acidity, so the two just seem to go really well together. Um mm-hmm. And, again, Marsan is less of a just giant pain in the ass to cultivate. So this bottle clocks in at 13.4 ABV. And we can expect... Yeah, that's not bad for a white wine. We can expect a pretty floral nose, but we are going to be looking for some elements of peach and vanilla on the palate here. That sounds really good. So, yeah, it really does. So yeah, Lucy is gonna do the pop in this week. It's my turn to pop. Are you are you ready to wow us with your pap Tol- skills? Yeah. Put me to shame. And I am pap I smear? am using our uh, fucking patriarchy wine key. 
Yeah, Which you is are. It's seriously nice the best. Nice pop. Uh, yeah, it's they. I, I am continuously impressed by the high quality of this, and I'm not just saying that because we're trying mm-hmm. to sell them. <laughs> but it's mm-hmm. been rolling around in my kitchen drawer for weeks now, and it's like, yeah, brand new. Like I love it. I brought it into work, so when I bartend, I'm using that, and I oh, work in nice. like a wine bar. Mm-hmm. It, it generates a lot of conversation. Mm-hmm. It's great. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. All right, ready, ladies? Yeah. <sighs> My turn to grunt. Yeah, it's not an easy task to open wine, so thank you for oh being a hero. God. All right, ready? Yeah. yeah. Ooh, Ooh, that was a nice wap. Wap. All right. So wet. This is a beautiful wine. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's gorgeous. The label is so the pretty. Label it kind of reminds us. Stunning. It reminded us of like a tattoo parlor meets Silence of the Lambs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. really pretty. It would look very nice on a if you wanted to. I sometimes Craft. pick bottles based on the label just so I can display them on my little bar area when I have people over. LOL, I always pick bottles because of yeah. the label. <laughs> and this label appears to have some kind of wasp on it, which is ironic because wasps are not honey-producing insects. No. Oh. Do fact. better. But it looks really cool. <laughs> it's really yeah. cool. Oh, my God, this white is delicious. Also, what do we know? Science is not a Mm-mm. science, so not maybe some wasps we'll never know. do make honey. Well, no. there's no way to know. <laughs> <laughs> Science is not our forte. That's yeah. for damn sure. Science is magic, and it's soup's not real. I'm going to put all of my stock in psychics instead. <laughs> Shout out, Charles. All right. La, what is our background in psych for infamous females? All right, I got some stats for you. Oh. That uh, came from reputable sources. So all let's right. dive in. For once. Just kidding. So a year 2000 report from the U.S. Department of Justice, which, by the way, their website is (laughs) bjs.gov. Reputable in my my heart. Why is, oh, Bureau. Bureau of Justice. I I don't know. System. I don't know. It's bjs.gov. Check it out. Love it. .edu. That's amazing. Uh, So the U.S. Department of Justice says that women who make up slightly more than half the U.S. population account for about 22% of all arrestees, 14% of violent offenses, um, Mm. uh, three-quarters of which these violent offenses, three-quarters of which are simple assault, and 28% of the perpetrators of violent offenses are juveniles. Which I thought, that's kind of a high percentage. Um, Okay. uh, So women account for 16% of all convicted felony defendants. And also Mm. they also make up about 16% of the correctional population. So, But I want to bet that a lot of that is drug related. Oh, we'll get there. Actually not as, it's mostly uh, violent offenses. It's, drugs come in second. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, well, yeah, okay. That was my next line. <laughs> of of types of incarceration, the biggest category is violent offense. Um, actually, I was wrong. The second biggest is property-related. So I think, like, theft. 
Okay, which could still be somewhat drug related. Well, For the, sure. the third one, yeah. which is slightly, uh, just slightly lower than property related, is drug related. And then mm-hmm. the last one is public order. So I'm thinking like public disturbances. Mm. Or, or probably a lot of uh, sex work offenses. Uh, yep, uh huh. Good point. Mm-hmm. Um, Which also can be drug related. Yeah. Uh, this is kind of sad. About 1.3 million minor children in the United States have mothers under the supervision of a Justice Department agency. So this includes being uh. in prison, jail, being on probation, and being on parole. So. Okay. More than 60% of women in state prisons have a child under 18. So, I didn't... So there's just a lot of moms. moms. I didn't go into uh, any more research on this, but I think it is important to note that females who are incarcerated, I mean, that's not just affecting their lives. It's affecting a lot of children. And that the same can't necessarily be said for male males who are incarcerated. So, okay. Yeah. That just kind of made me sad. Um, since 1990, the number of convicted female felons has grown at twice the rate of increase as male felons. So we're on an upswing of female incarcerate incarcerates. Um, today, today there are nearly eight times more women incarcerated than there were in 1980 which is insane wow. like the rate of increase is unbelievable and it is you go girls <laughs> well, it's, break that glass it's ceiling be, ever since the release of orange is the new black <laughs> I would go to prison for Pusse oh my god uh, she's my yeah. favorite yeah she's stunning yeah. Mm-hmm. I Hi. Uh, Hi. Kristen Stewart. Move over. <laughs> Kristen who? Yeah. Kristen who? <laughs> um, that actress, I can't think I'm of. I'm already drunk. I can't think of her name, but she got engaged like last year to her girlfriend, and I saw some photos of them. I may, might have been their engagement photos. Oh my God. And openly wept. I love them. Yeah. And, and then I think her bath. girlfriend was a writer on the show. Yeah. <laughs> was a writer on the yeah. show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, if I could just oh, like sneak love. in there quick. Hey, yeah. middle middle spoon, please. Yeah. <laughs> Looking for a third. <laughs> woman seeking two women to make her feel like a what woman. No man could again. ever make her feel. <laughs> to make her feel things she didn't know she Just could To feel. make her feel, period. <laughs> I need Sorry, emotional Dan. restoration that I can only get from a sexual relationship with two women. I'm sorry, Dad. Uh-huh. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Your dad listening. turned this off three yeah. episodes ago. <laughs> Minimum. <laughs> Meanwhile, my mom's still listening. Sorry, ma'am. <laughs> Meanwhile, yeah. occasionally random family members will come out of the woodwork and be like, I love your podcast. I listen every week. And it's like, oh, <gasps> how long have you been 15% lesbian? Uh, I mean, it's all a spectrum. Yeah. Asked Lucy's estranged right. cousin who voted for Trump. No, it's like <laughs> it's like my in-laws, <laughs> which makes Fair it enough. worse. Oh, even worse. Whatever. Yep. You're already married in. I can't get rid of you now. <laughs> you my are future officially... in-laws asked, <laughs> asked me to send them our business cards so they can hand them out to their friends. That's cute. I can. Did you just consistently so forget to do that? 
No, I'm going to do I'll it. Send. I think oh, it's so God. adorable. It's not like Kenyan's handing them out. <laughs> well, anyway, I, yeah. They're yeah. all okay. over South Africa right now. All right, now. let's let's continue. So many lions have our business card. <laughs> Delicious. So many sangomas. These crackers are so good, said the lion that Kenyon tried to give a business card to. I just taped them to the geckos in my yard. <laughs> no, you should be wrangling those for me. We're moving on. All Poo- of your yard geckos. Pusay is life. Okay. Pusay. Hashtag Pusay forever. Pusay gives me life. Okay. Sweet Pusay. So the increase in female incarcerees, is that a word? I'm just going to keep saying it. Um, Sure. It's thought to be the result of more sweeping law enforcement policies in general, including stiffer drug sentencing laws, um, Mm -hmm. and also more post-conviction obstacles like parole and uh, probation and things like that. Mm -hmm. Okay, so people... You know, breaking, doing small things when they're on parole and getting sent yep, back. Yep. Not to minimize, I'm sure there, I mean, there are women that absolutely should be in prison. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there yeah. are probably plenty who don't deserve to be serving, for example, a life sentence for a small amount of marijuana, et cetera. Yeah. We're doing a lot of work on this in school right now because I'm going for my LADC. So we talk about this crap a lot. It's the drug laws in the US are insane Mm -hmm. like they're completely Mm -hmm. nuts and it's so rooted in fear-mongering and it's such like a jail first treatment last scenario that everyone's fucking set up to fail and taxpayer Mm -hmm. dollars are going to like take care of so many petty drug crimes it's just read Mm -hmm. about it and you will be infuriated that that, like more of that isn't going to education and like some poor kid caught with a tiny bit of fucking weed gets a mandatory required sentence yeah. for no fucking mm-hmm. reason. Yeah. It's just such And bullshit. can never recover. Nope. It's on you your record start forever. sending people to uh, for-profit rehabilitation, not for-profit prison. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Preach it, girl. Or just no more fucking for-profit anything. Yep. No for-profit all. prison for or healthcare. Podcast. Sanders 2020. <laughs> Woo! All right. So I voted for Hillary. Okay. We didn't have a choice to vote for Sanders in the general election. <laughs> I also voted for Hillary. I did too, but Sanders, I caucused I for Sanders. For caucus my balls I was with off. her. Moving on. All right. You'll be happy to know that Minnesota has one of the lowest rates of female incarceration in the U.S. Oh, gal. Oh. With, so Minnesota. <laughs> Haven't caught us Minnesota yet. has 27 per 100,000 residents. I assume wow. this is like specifically female residents and female incarcerees. Sure. <laughs> sure. I'm sticking mm-hmm. with that word. Mm-hmm. Uh, Love it. Oklahoma leads the pack with 142 per 100,000. And a lot random. of jilted polygamous wives <laughs> just that, that's getting Utah. their revenge. I'm sure there are some in Oklahoma too. <laughs> Okay. And Rhode Island, okay. Rhode Island pulls in last at twelve, probably because it's a super small state, and I always forget about its existence. That in Delaware, mm-hmm. I'm like, who? Oh yeah, what? <laughs> Delaware. And I'm from Connecticut, so I have no excuse. I li- I'm from a postage stamp too, but I always forget those exist. I saw the most amazing. I subscribed to this subreddit called uh, our uh, Facepalm. 
and it's just like the mm-hmm. most absurd bullshit that people post. And somebody posted something about how they saw on Facebook that they were calling someone out for saying they were from New England when they were actually from Rhode Island. <laughs> and I'm just like dying laughing. Well, that Rhode Island count? is part of New England. Yeah, that's why it's funny. It's like, okay, okay oh, well, okay. you're dumb because <laughs> it's Rhode Island is part of New England, so it's okay to say you're from New England. I basically lump everything east of Ohio as New England. I mean, that would be like us saying, you're not from the Midwest, you're from Minnesota. It's like, well, Minnesota's part of the Midwest. So. <laughs> it was funny, I swear. Okay, all right. <laughs> I'm sure someone out there is laughing besides you. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> okay, so why do women t- tend to at least appear to commit less crime than men? There are some possible cultural and social factors. So, mm-hmm. like, uh, and also crimes could just be underreported, etc. As well yeah. as possible sociobiological explanations for that. So... One such sociobiological explanation would be a theory that uh, there's an evolutionary tendency for men to adopt risky and violent behavior more so yeah. than women. Mm-hmm. Ugh, we talked about this a little bit in workplace murders and how like yeah. men are way more likely to be killed on the job by like an accident and women mm-hmm. are more likely to be murdered by yeah, a partner like on out. the job. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Men Super are just way less cautious than women. <laughs> yeah. Um, I hate I hate like reducing stuff to biology, but at the same point, like I don't pretend to be able to know where to draw the line between nature and nurture, and there's definitely evidence to suggest that like some of it is biology. Yeah, and yeah, that's why, both. like, I have. It's some, always been a balance between both. I have some info yeah. here, but and it's interesting, but I didn't want to get too far into it. Number one, because all of the stats in these reports that I'm citing are self-reported, so mm-hmm. that can only mm-hmm. be so reliable. And also, they're all theories, and then when it comes to, to like tendencies of a gender, I don't like to. I mean, you can only put so yeah. much stock into that. They're all theories. It's all a spectrum. I mean, I also think it's okay because we have been taking the brunt as as identifying women of fucking gender stereotypes for how long has the human race been on the planet? Oh, I'm saying like swinging both ways because I'm about to quote something from a report in 1990 that is pretty Mm -hmm. sexist, which is why I don't, I didn't even want to go too far down there. Okay. So break it out. Um, Godfredson and Hershey's, uh, they did a, they did a study in 1990, Godfredson and Hershey, and they developed, um, a, quote, general theory of crime. So that theory states that individuals with low levels of self-control are more likely to commit a crime, which we've discussed before. And Mm -hmm. this Mm -hmm. points more towards men than women. Um, And then for women, they say that the relationship between criminality and lack of self-control was more significant when opportunity was introduced. So I think that means that women are more likely to consider their perceived risk versus reward than men are. Sure. Just more cautious Mm -hmm. in general. And I think that 
Well, we have to be assessing our personal risk Constantly. every minute of every day. Right. Yeah. Which what I was even in our own just home about yeah. to say. Like bio- yeah. like <laughs> biologically, we're thinking about our children and people who rely on us, like parents. That's just been mm-hmm. the role. And our own personal safety. Our own mm-hmm. personal safety. Yeah. So Yeah. That I would agree is a biological evolutionary. Uh, factor mm-hmm. um, but again still just a theory um, okay. so and, and this is the fairly sexist observation this study purports that women are less likely to be exposed to opportunities for criminal behavior because of our lifestyles because what crimes go down in the hair salon exactly and because women are one monolith mm-hmm. quote constraints often placed on females and that accompany their lifestyles contribute to less opportunity for crime so we're well, always I mean, in the home we're always taking care of in babies a patriarchal we're always making dinner we're never going mm-hmm. out being tempted to steal etc mm-hmm. no I yeah for sure, that is it is a sexist thing. It was probably more true in 1990 than it is true today, mm-hmm. just because so like so much. I think 50 percent of the U.S. workforce is now female. That was not the case yet in 1990. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are yeah, there are constraints placed on female behavior and access and certain lifestyle choices. Right. So there, of all the factors, I mean, you can't really pick apart between biological and social and cultural. It's just a culmination of all of these things pretty closely results in women committing less crime than men in general. And also there was a statistic that, um, uh, I think it was around like a third of women who committed a violent assault were intoxicated somehow. And I didn't Mm. get a similar uh, statistic about men, but in general, men tend to drink more. Mm -hmm. So that could also be a factor for committing crime. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Um, So if... It's interesting, actually, that you mentioned that because, again, this is like all of my school stuff coming at me right now. But um, there have been so many false links of like substance abuse to criminal activity like using a substance for the most part does not cause you to commit a crime a lot of crimes Mm -hmm. are committed like petty crimes in order to fund the use of that substance but alcohol is like the one substance common denominator yeah well it lowers your inhibition i mean right but many drugs do but there's something there's something about alcohol that is directly linked to like increased you know reports of domestic assault and and all kinds of different contributions to actual violent crime that are directly linked to alcohol consumption Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, alcohol, I mean, unless you're drinking at a certain level, Mm -hmm. you can still be somewhat physically functional, Mm -hmm. you know, like enough to beat someone. Well, and depending Mm -hmm. on your tolerance, whereas who was the guy with the pointy face that in the psychics episode who Mm. was like just shit faced all the time? And, mm-hmm. like, he didn't remember yeah, a lot, but he was fully capable of abducting a child, 
somewhat convincingly and getting away with it for a while. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, if you're in the midst of taking heroin, like if you've just taken heroin, you can't. You're pretty get incapacitated. Up. Yeah. Yeah. Same thing with like crack or mm-hmm. whatever. Not all drugs, but certain considered extra hard drugs. You're just right, passed but it also out until elicits, then you need that next fix. It elicits a more violent response than like any other substance does. For some alcohol does. Yeah. Yeah. For some reason, mm-hmm. it's bizarre. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there must be something to the angry drunk thing because it's such a. Mm-hmm. You know, long-lasting stereotype. Not that everyone is, but some people seemingly are. And yep. Some people are emotional drunks and whatever. That said, please drink responsibly. And if you are feeling like things are getting to be too much and you need help, there are so many services out there for you. Please reach out to somebody. Including Talkspace. Yes. <laughs> oh, is that our natural it segue? Is. It happened. It Ooh. happened organically. It happened. <laughs> Amazing. All right. Well, yeah, Talkspace. Talkspace is the online therapy company that is super great for Mm -hmm. a lot of reasons. And I'm not going to list them all because that gets stale, but it's really great. And you can basically text or voice memo or video chat Mm -hmm. a therapist Mm -hmm. that is licensed and experienced and... It's just a really convenient way to get help. The convenience yeah. I mean, is I, the most important thing. I mean, the convenience is the biggest takeaway for me. Mm-hmm. You can. I literally text my therapist on the toilet, Alice, and I'm so yep. sorry. Yeah. But I do. She loves it. And it's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> it's so much better than getting and making an appointment, rushing home from work or, mm-hmm. you know, rushing there or taking time off work to go drive somewhere in traffic and Get ready and try to look presentable and mm-hmm. brush your teeth and blah, and then well, sit and there just, and then cry and then wait in your car until your eyes aren't too puffy to drive home. Oddly blah. specific. <laughs> 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 I also just never know where I'm gonna be when I'm having a meltdown. Yeah, you know, I had yeah. I had one a couple days ago, and I was at home, thank God. But it was just it felt really nice to be able to open up that app. And be like, Emily, I'm having a, I'm having a hard time. Why the fuck am I feeling this way? And getting it all on paper, and mm-hmm. you know, in less than you know a couple hours, she's writing back, talking me off a ledge. Granted, there are office hours for every therapist that you're going to talk to, so that might not be everybody's experience. Mm-hmm. My yeah, they're not at your beck and call, but of course they're not. I mean, they're human beings, right? right? But there's like, so much to be said for being able to get the feelings that you're having on paper in the moment and then having those exact situations being responded to other than trying mm-hmm. to look back on it a week or two weeks later in, in session. And you have mm-hmm. That's been huge for You me. have their advice and their response forever written down yeah, it's recorded in the app. I've, it's great i've gone back so many times and read what katie has told me mm-hmm. about a situation if it's recurring and it it's mm-hmm. awesome mm-hmm. it's really great so if this sounds like something you would be interested in and benefit from then you can go to talkspace.com forward slash gals g-a-l-s and get thirty dollars off your first month and plans start at just $32 a week. So it's way more affordable than uh, in-person therapy. And Even with insurance. 
Mm-hmm. Trust yeah. me, I've checked. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, talkspace.com forward slash gals. Yeah. Treat your brain. <laughs> All right. Canyon. I've had so much gin. My case. <laughs> you guys, I'm so excited for my case. I'm ready. Well, good, because I'm super not excited for my case, because it's, like, the worst one I've ever done. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, so. Okay. Well, Bring I it. chose my case this week, really, for two reasons. One, it's Russian, Duh. and clearly I have a problem. You're addicted. <laughs> She's a Russia addict, and, and I recommend Talkspace as your first course of treatment. Yeah. Hi, my name is Kenya, and I'm addicted to Russian true crime. <laughs> and uh, two... That's um, why Kenyon voted for Trump. <laughs> Stop! <laughs> Tell everyone. Kenyon voting I, for Trump is like my favorite friend meme. Because there's just no some way she would people, ever do it. It's a hashtag. Some Make it trend. people believe you, and I get so many tweets no. that are like, how could you? No, she didn't God vote for Trump. I'm just trolling her. Okay. I was the president of the Young Democrats in high school, okay? Make it trend, y'all. Kenyon voted for Trump. <laughs> don't! Please don't! Oh, my God. Uh, I'm going to get you guys back. Okay. But her emails... Over. Her emails. <laughs> I'm with okay. him. I met Walter Mondale. Okay, moving. So I gave money to Colin Powell. <laughs> I cried when Wellstone's okay. plane went down. I we yelled did. a lot, real yeah, hard. We all okay. Yeah. Okay, moving on. Too soon. So I also chose this case because this chick is my literal twin. <laughs> oh no. So uh oh. So <laughs> go to Should the drive. This will be on the block. Drive, goddamn. <laughs> already. <laughs> <laughs> Do you see? Oh my god. Do you see? Uh, it's my twin. Yeah. Um, okay, that Google. I'm looking arts... at a particularly rosy cheeked version yeah. of her portrait, yeah. and it is you in one of those like British judges' 18th wigs. No, the Google Arts and Culture app, Kenyon. When <laughs> I did yeah. your face yeah. a couple weeks ago, it was th- I think it was this woman. <laughs> it was. It had to have been this woman. It's me. It's it's the forehead. It's the cheeks. Ooh, it's the, the brows. Fa- it's everything. And those brows, brows are your brows. I'm pulling it up, you guys. Oh, like, Kenyon's wow. doppelganger photo will also be on the blog. <laughs> the it's nose. unreal. I mean, this is, like, uncanny. And now she has, like, an itty-bitty cleft to her chin, but not, like, a prominent one. Yeah. It's the massive forehead. Yeah. In my mind. Let's not pretend it's not the <laughs> massive forehead. Thanks. I was going to let... Anyone else take that one but me? Massive was a great adjective. Her 12 head is... She hadn't discovered side bangs like I have. Side bangs? <laughs> they hide a multitude of sins in wow. the forehead department. All right. This anyway, so this chick was my twin. I came across the photo and gasped and was like, <laughs> okay, well, obviously I have to do this case. So I'm going to take you way, way back to Imperial Russia. Oh, Lord. My Here we favorite go. time and place. <laughs> 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 so, so, I, I Daria, soon identify with Imperial Russia. <laughs> I kind of do, though. Okay. <laughs> so, Daria Nikolaevna Ivanova. Okay. Was, Rolls right off the tongue. 
<laughs> was born in 1730 um, in or around Moscow. In or around my mouth. Um, <laughs> her, what? Her, that's a super bad reference. <sighs> she wants my penis in or around her mouth. Yep, yep. Okay. Yep. So her wow. family was uh, well connected, and she was even related to the Tolstoy family. Although uh, Leo Tol- Tolstoy wouldn't be born for another hundred years. Hmm. Well, that's Daria- fun. Well, there you go. Uh, Daria married into the well-known and wealthy Saltikova family, from which her nickname uh, Saltichka was derived. And I, I will be calling her. Only imagine, like, really tiny Olympic figure skaters associated with all of these names. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, you're saying all these things, and all I'm seeing is, like, triple axles. (laughs) (laughs) Triple I, Tanya. (laughs) I, Tanya. Just Alice and really Janie is a fucking treasure. Yeah. Grimacing okay. Russian figure skaters. Okay. <laughs> okay, so I'm the, her nickname is Saltichka because of her married name, and that's what I'm going to call salty her. Salty Bitchka. Mm-hmm. Also, salty it looks bitchka. like Salty Chica. The way it's spelled, it looks like Salty Chica. And she Amazing. was a Salty Chica, let me tell you. Oh, my God. We're calling her okay. Salty Chica. Yep. Um, I think she was married around 1749 because the first of her two sons was born in 1750 and she was probably in her late teens when she got married and her husband was about 15 years her senior but not like Ick. Ter- well not like terrible for the time Amanda oh, is the strongest reaction <laughs> I hate it uh, she's Ick. like 11 and the guy's like what 30 no. She's like 19, probably. Still too soon. Yeah. Okay. She then uh, held the rank of countess, which was just one rank below imperial princess in the Russian noble That's hierarchy. That's some Star Wars shit. Yeah, she, was, yep. she was a big deal. Um, during their rather short marriage, uh, Saltichka seemed quite the unremarkable wife, albeit a bit... Gloomy, because <laughs> she married no. an old man. She should smile more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Her rosy cheeks weren't enough. Oh, she had resting bitch face. God, resting saltitch face. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so she was known uh, to be a very pious woman at this time, evidenced by her generous donations to local churches and monasteries. So she's just like a regular. Rich wife. She's like a Minnesota mob. She's making bars for the Lutheran club. (laughs) Sisterhood gun club. Yeah, Lutheran sisterhood gun club. Real housewives of Imperial (laughs) Russia. (laughs) So, oh, she would have dominated. Um, Okay, but then her husband, Gleb (laughs) Alexandrovich Saltikov. His name was Gleb. Well, need we say more? <laughs> he <laughs> he died when Saltichka was just 26 years old, making Oops. her the wealthiest independent woman in Moscow. Yes, queen. Yes, queen. Yes, duchess. Yeah. Oh, yeah. countess. You're not gonna like her very oh, soon. Okay. <laughs> okay. The young widow was left in control of his vast estate in 
Troitsko. Sure. Troitsko, whatever. Toy Story? Toy Story (laughs) outside of Moscow, as well as in possession of a very fine house in the city. So she just got, she just got bank. Mm -hmm. Okay. Very fine house. Okay. Um, <laughs> this meant that under Russia's feudal system at the time, Saltichka ruled over approximately 600 serfs. It's mm-hmm. a little history lesson. Serfs at this time constituted a social class that until just a few decades prior were like formally slaves. Yeah. They're basically slaves though. Yeah. They're still, yeah, they're still basically slaves in practice. So even after the formal abolishment of slavery in Russia, serfs were still, they couldn't own land. Yep. And they could still basically be bought and sold by their feudal lords. Mm-hmm. Um, so not a ton changed for them. They're basically slaves. Uh, serfs also had to obtain the permission of their master in order to marry and marriages were often denied if the landowner didn't want to lose that serf to another estate. What if they were were gaining their serf's wife or whatever? Oh, yeah, sure. I mean... Okay. They'd probably be down because it's extra labor. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah. If through marriage they were essentially going to, like, acquire human property, I would imagine they would approve that marriage. Yeah. yeah. Unless maybe it was like a time of famine. Mm-hmm. And they didn't want to feed anybody. Right. But otherwise, I think they probably, yeah, were down to gain, but not so down to lose, especially if it was like a young, strong man right. of marrying age. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Well, no, the man wouldn't leave, I guess. The woman would leave. Yeah. But whatever. It doesn't matter. I'm getting confused. Okay. So... Uh, serfs were required to till their master's lands for free for at least half of the week, and only then could they go on and farm their own small plots, which they still didn't own, but that's where they, like, had their little garden to, like, live off of. Yikes. Um, uh, survival was tough. Uh, there were times of famine. Uh, serfs' mobility was restricted, so they couldn't just, like, leave the estate if they... Like, they were oh, they were still property, basically. Mm-hmm. They couldn't just be like, fuck this, I'm leaving, mm-hmm. and trying to get work elsewhere. Like, that they, that couldn't happen. They mm-hmm. had to stay put. Yeah. Um, okay, so, soon after Gleb's death... <laughs> <laughs> the death of Gleb. I can't. I cannot. <laughs> the death of Gleb. Um, Death of a sales Sounds like club. a terrible play. <laughs> Death, Death of, of a sales, sales club. club. <laughs> 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 William H. Macy stars in Death, Death of, of a sales club. After Gleb kicked the bucket. William H. Macy brings Gleb to life. <laughs> oh, God. The pigeon Gleb. <laughs> William H. Macy's glib performance as Gleb in Death of a Sales Gleb. Damn, I'm done. I'm done. Okay. I'm so sorry. Saltichka so, so, so uh, became romantically involved with the handsome young Nikolai Chuchev. Choo choo train. Mm. I'm going to go with. Choo choo train. Hello. I'm gonna go with that's how you say his name. Coming into the station. <laughs> Ooh, Nikolai. Hello. Um, <laughs> so uh, the affair 
made her feel young again. Again, she was still in her 20s. <laughs> I know that feel, girl. <laughs> <laughs> Where's Poussey when you yeah, need Nobody her. tells you that old age comes on at 25. I'm searching for a night serum, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> I've been using one for years. Yeah. I just liberally <laughs> apply Vaseline. All over. Just um, lube up your My moisturizer face. is designed for stretch marks. It's an anti stretch mark oil, and that's what I put on my face three times. Oh, a day. the stuff that Butter smells up. really good, though. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. great. I love that's it. why okay. Josie licks your face so much. <laughs> so the affair raised her spirits because she was gloomy. <laughs> and uh, she was completely infatuated with this guy. She needed the D. Mm-hmm. She needed the D. She was loving the D. Mm. She needed um, the D. Okay. Which is but, treatment for all women's ailments, huh? apparently. Plug up that hysteria. Yeah. <laughs> Cram it back in. <laughs> but... Happily Ever After was not in the cards for for Saltichka. Oh, Salty Bitchka. Mm. Salty Bitchka. So Nikolai met and fell in love with a younger woman. Always. Always. And soon married the girl in secret (sighs) because he was younger and not as powerful and important as Saltichka, so he he couldn't just, like, break up with her. He had to, like, behind her back marry this other girl. And then, a like, mistake flee. which proved to be fatal. Oh, well, my. No, no. <laughs> Good guess. Oh. Not quite. I, it was Damn it. So, I thought it was a safe assumption, but okay. Yeah. So when Saltichka learned of the betrayal, she flew into a jealous rage and attempted to kill her unfaithful lover. Okay. But servants had previously warned him that this would happen. So, oh. like, obviously she already had a temper. So he's on Um, high alert. Yeah. So he and his young bride had already fled the region. Mm. This reminds me of that, like, Cinderella adaptation with Drew Barrymore for some reason. Oh, Ever Ever After. Ever After. I don't know why it does. I watched that recently. Yeah. It's so good. It's (laughs) amazing. Yeah, it's really good. <laughs> like Oscar. Okay. What she's, were you thinking? <laughs> she's friends with uh, Da Vinci, just casual friends. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Just chilling. <laughs> oh, I wanted her mm-hmm. gown and butterfly wings so badly. Uh, I wanted Da Vinci's yeah. boat shoes so bad. All right, well. <laughs> you would be Da Vinci. You're so One fucking weird. 100% Da Vinci in this scenario. <laughs> maid service. No, I'm definitely the stepmom. I was going to say, you might be Angelica Houston in this situation, and I'm just not in the story at all. (laughs) Amanda's the prince. You're the king. (laughs) I'm the fat king who just disregards everything and just gets drunk all day. just like, get married. God damn it. I want a big Just marry the Spanish princess so that my kingdom can continue. I'm not asking that much of you, And I can eat giant turkey legs. You might be... Oh, I am the king. Okay, okay. Sounds so good right now. So, (laughs) her lover has left her and married a younger woman and fled the region, and she can't kill him, even though she really fucking wants to. Frustrating. So, what happens next? (laughs) (laughs) So annoying. (laughs) Biggest pet peeve. So... 
What happens next brings to mind the old axiom, hell hath no fury like a woman scorned. Like a resting bitch coma I ate that phrase. (laughs) But it really fits this case. Also, fuck you, Larry Nassar, for even bringing that up. Are you fucking kidding me? He did? I didn't see that. Fuck, he wrote that in his letter. Like, Uh, fuck Guess I shouldn't have pissed off all All these women. All right. No, that's not even what he's saying there. He's saying that, like, they were jealous that he was assaulting other women <laughs> and didn't just assault them. Oh, oh, my God! Oh, my God! <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> Let's murder him. Okay, so her keep. opportunity for revenge now lost. Saltichka began to work out her rage by regularly beating the servant girls who failed to clean her estate to her exacting standards. All right, Bitchka lost me on that one. Mm-hmm. I was with you and, until yeah, now. <laughs> yeah, you're not. She's not going to redeem herself. <laughs> so <laughs> soon she discovered a sadistic taste for violence and the beatings became more cruel. Oh, great. She quickly moved on from hitting, kicking, and throwing logs at servant girls to whippings and beatings so severe that she would break victims' bones. Good God. She tore off their ears with red-hot pliers. Oh, Oh, God, Lucy's dead. (laughs) (laughs) And she... And she poured boiling water over the heads of victims. Ow, ow. Yikes. She would force victims outside naked in the depths of Russian winter until they froze to death. Okay, wasn't there like a whole legend about a Russian so-and-so who had like frozen, like a frozen um, like statue garden of corpses? Didn't we talk about this? Was it Bathory? I think that's from Narnia. It could be Narnia. It could be Bathory. (laughs) My recall is not great right now. I've had a lot to drink this morning. Saltishka (laughs) is often compared to Bathory, actually. Okay. Um, But there's a lot more evidence backing up all these claims about Saltishka. But that, like, dousing people in water and then banishing them into the cold to freeze to death, that is not Uh new. Like, that has definitely happened before. That's yeah. I don't know when yeah. we talked Disgusting. about it, but that's fucked up. That is so it's fucked up. Real, real fucked up. So Saltichka uh, particularly targeted young women and girls, some as young as ten. No. But keep in mind that the average—not to minimize this—but in context, yeah, the average marrying age for a surf girl at the time was thirteen. Blech. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Uh. Yeah. That, I yeah. got my period at 13. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's real I, bad. Then you um, were of marrying I mean, age. I mean. Oh, my God. <laughs> people didn't have the longest lives. It was still the 18th century in rural Russia. I guess, but ugh, it just bleh, it goes against everything that nature tells me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so, still not of marrying it. age. Like, emotionally. <laughs> You're not. married. I know, but, like... <laughs> Should I be? <laughs> <laughs> I've been engaged for three years. I'm clearly not mature enough. <laughs> okay. So, we're crushing um, it. We're 
Hashtag propose dance. Hashtag adulthood so, is a folly. Um, okay, so she especially targeted those who were about to be married or married, like recently married or pregnant. Okay. Okay, so it's very much related to this ex-lover. She was taking out her wrath on basically representations of the woman that he left her for. Mm, okay. Right. Okay. Um, so she saw these younger women as her enemies and rivals, and in her whole killing spree, which we will get to, she only killed three men. Um, only. And the <laughs> men's death only. That'll give you a sense of the numbers of females. Oh, Jesus. Um, And these were seemingly accidental. So it was after she, like, meant to give them a moderate beating, but it got a little out of hand. Did they have, like, long hair and delicate features? (laughs) 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 Like that kind of accidental? (laughs) Uh, I don't don't know. I meant to kill a woman. (laughs) Um... Still, she managed to inflict psychological torture on men and women by targeting all the young women on her property. Um, So, obviously, that's going to make everybody scared because it could be their loved ones. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. Um, One male serf, Ermolai Ilyin, lost three successive wives. To the serial killer's savagery. Jesus. Holy shit. Like, they didn't have multiple wives at one time. He had a wife. She was murdered by the mistress. He wait, He mourned, whatever. He grieved. He remarried. She was murdered by the mistress. Oh, my God. And then again. <laughs> and then he's like, I give up. Yeah. Never getting married okay. again. So... Rumors of her brutality began to spread to neighboring estates, fueled partly by what were essentially, like, they called them ambulance drivers in the research, but, like, they didn't fucking have ambulances in 1750 Russia. Um, So they were basically, like, people that came to collect corpses. Mm -hmm. The carts. The carts. And they noticed I'm an unusually. <laughs> I think I'll go for a walk. I'm feeling Is much anyone better. Out there? <laughs> oh, he'll be dead by then. Get anyone oh, help yeah. me? A Monty Python Titanic then. crossover. I feel better. I feel happy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um, these. Corpse cart drivers (laughs) noticed um, the unusually high number of deaths and also signs of vicious torture on the dead bodies. Yeah. And so then they would go to the next estate and be like, you're not going to believe what's happening over at Saltichka's. (laughs) Just gossip at the corpse cart. (laughs) Yeah. The original water tank. (laughs) The original wine and crime podcast. (laughs) Yeah. We're going to start a spinoff podcast called Gossip at the Corpse Cart. Oh, my God. (laughs) It's done. It's done. I already have a logo. Oh, my God. Absolutely. Okay. Can't wait. Okay, so finally, after about six years of her reign of terror, um, relatives of two of her victims, including the guy that lost his three wives, Mm -hmm. um, escaped and traveled to St. Petersburg to petition the Tsarina, Catherine the Great, Ooh. Um, to arrest Saltichka for her crimes. 
And this was a gamble because if word had gotten out about them doing this, they undoubtedly would have been her next victims. And others had tried to report her in the past, uh, but because she was so well-connected and wealthy and the police were corrupt, uh, oftentimes her accusers would end up arrested themselves. Oh, my God. That is the worst. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it was like a big, big risk that these two guys, first of all, left without permission. I mean, that's some Weinstein shit. You can't speak out or you'll be the one accused. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um... Also, I got to imagine it wasn't super common for the fucking Tsarina or Empress or whatever the fuck she was to listen to, like, two serfs very complain true. about a noble woman, you know? Like, big, big risk these guys took, but the guy who lost his three wives clearly just snapped. Well, and what else does he have to lose? He's now been widowed three times at the hands of this woman. Yeah. Yeah. So somehow the petition worked. And Saltichka was arrested in 1762 um, on suspicion of all of this, and a lengthy investigation began. Mm-hmm. So she was put, I think, under house arrest for the next six years, while investigators um, with the Collegium of Justice worked to uncover evidence of her crimes. Mm-hmm. So they, they did, like, a full-on... They did like their work. Investigation, like, yeah, they went they for like it. They, like, really investigated. It wasn't some show, trial, whatever. They, like, really investigated it, it sounds like. Um, she remained unrepentant and refused to confess, and they brought in a priest that, like, met with her every day, and she even refused to speak to him. Wow. Um, the progress was really slow on the investigation because victims and witnesses were, like, terrified um, I can I finally, can only imagine. I mean, it's like she seems untouchable yeah. at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but finally, after six years, they gather sufficient evidence uh, of some 138 suspicious deaths of female Ooh, serfs oh under her God. Dang. Yeah. And that's just the ones they could get evidence for. Yeah, there could be plenty more. Yeah, some people say it was up to 300. But I don't know about that because that would have to have been, like, every female serf. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how much they're counting the children in the number of serfs that she had. Anyway. So, um, she was... Finally, in 1768, she was tried publicly and found guilty of killing 38 female serfs and torturing many more. So they convicted her on 38 of the 138. Enough. Yeah. Yeah, plenty. I should say so. I mean... They did their due diligence. We're fine. 38. That's enough for, like, a solid punishment, I would think. We're about to hear. Yeah. Yeah. So she was then chained to a chair atop a platform in Moscow's Red Square. Uh Um, with a sign around her neck that read, this woman has tortured and murdered. Okay. Um, I don't think it was like a full medieval, like people throwing rotten food situation. I think it was just people like staring and gawking at her. Mm -hmm. And she was only up there for one hour. Oh, okay. Never mind then. Was she nude? Like Cersei style? No. 
Shame. That would have had more of an impact, I think. Yeah. Didn't read anything about cutting of her hair. I don't know. But don't worry. She gets, she gets beaten by nuns. Her just desserts, basically. Okay. Okay. So Catherine the Great had previously abolished the death penalty in Russia because apparently 18th century Russia was more advanced than 21st century America. Yeah, apparently. So after uh, Saltichka's conviction, the the public humiliation was something called a civil execution. Ooh. That's creepy as hell. And then she was given a life sentence and confined to a basement cell underneath the Ivanovsky convent in Moscow. Oh, so she was totally beaten by nuns, like guaranteed. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) A thousand percent. (laughs) There's some sadistic nuns. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Um, so this cloister was the place that, like, a lot of the noble women that had pissed people off or their husbands didn't want them anymore or Woof. supposedly or maybe really suffered from mental illness, they were all sent to the same convent. So, okay, it, was so it was basically not a like place. a It was like a women's prison, basically, for wealthy noble women. Mm-hmm. Um, she was chained to the walls of the dungeon. Oh, my God. And uh, left alone in total darkness <gasps> for 11 years. Oh, yeah. Yikes. So not a spa. Yeah. She probably turned <laughs> into one of those, like, creepy-looking cave-dwelling lizards that are, like, their skin yeah. is completely see-through and their eyes just, like melt over with skin because they don't even need Ick, their eyes anymore. Oh my anymore. god, gross. Watch <laughs> planet Earth. Evolution is amazing, you guys. How, how can someone live that long with no vitamin D? Like, none. Mm, you'd be shocked. I mean, you can live. Yeah. You're certainly not thriving. No, you're not thriving, yeah. but it's not All like right. she was doing manual labor every day. Like she didn't need to expend that much energy. So as long as they were giving yeah. her food and water, She's hanging there, you'd be shocked yeah. at how long they could survive. Yeah, yeah. So she was only allowed a single candle at meal times, and then it was snuffed out the second she was done eating. Oh, that's so brutal! Oh yeah, my God. that's, that's really funny. Like holy shit. <laughs> and uh, and once a week she was permitted to listen to a church sermon, but she was not allowed to set foot inside the church itself. So she was in like a cage right outside, like the I fucking. Guess. <laughs> yeah. They piped it in. Wherever. Yeah, <laughs> they gave her they gave her AirPods. She could Bluetooth <laughs> connect. It was a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Only one episode of Wine and Crime a week. She's like, that would no, be enough to sustain you. I can't handle any more no, punishment. God, no. <laughs> Turn it off. Turn it off. Anything but that. <laughs> okay. So she was eventually, after 11 years, moved to a room above ground with a single window. Oh. Um, where she remained for another 20-odd years. Heaven. And got a sick um, tan. And she was said to hurl insults at passersby from the window. Just embracing her situation completely. Living your best life, girl. Spit. Yeah. Also spit at them and attempt to poke them with a stick. Where did she get get the stick? stick? Who's giving her a stick? Where did um, she get a stick? Yeah, 11 years. Yeah. What the fuck? I Where's don't even have a stick. stick? <laughs> Rude. 
Okay. She gets so. weekly stick privileges. <laughs> you can use the poking stick for one hour per week. <laughs> <laughs> so she had just spent 11 years in pitch black solitary Don't confinement. Care. Do not give this woman a stick. Like, that's common sense. I mean, that sounds heavenly. A room with a yeah. window where you can poke passersby with sticks. <laughs> just I'm down. Thirty actually. plus years of solitude and poking strangers. That sounds like my retirement plan. I, yeah. <laughs> I do not have a 401k, you guys. <laughs> okay. So this charming woman uh, died in 1801 at the age of 71. Oh shit! Wow, she, she lived a long time. <laughs> Yeah. A really and, long time. Uh, like, like I said, she's often compared to uh, Elizabeth Bathory, the blood countess, mm-hmm. um, but there's a lot more evidence, like actual evidence right. to back up the fact that she killed all these people. One, just because it was 200 years after Elizabeth Bathory, so right. we just have more records. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, her nickname, Saltichka, became a synonym for the cruel treatment of serfs. And uh, after her conviction, Catherine the Great went on to institute a number of new laws for the protection of the serfs from ill treatment. She didn't go on to liberate them. That would have to wait another, like, hundred years. Mm. Yeah, we don't want to give them, like, all their rights. We just don't want to beat the shit out of them. Give them an inch. We don't want to murder them. Let's compromise. (laughs) (laughs) So there you go. That's Saltichka. Salty bitchka. Salty bitch guy. Yeah. Well done. Yeah. This is a uncomfortably easy segue into my segment. <laughs> um, We're crushing I'm the segue. Talking this about. Week. Oh yeah, our segues are flawless this On week. On point. <laughs> um, I'm going to be talking about Mayuki Ishikawa or the Demon Midwife. Hell yeah! <laughs> this is gonna and be good. I, I just want to make a couple of apologies in advance. One, for my Minnesotan pronunciation of all of the following Japanese <laughs> names, regions, etc. <laughs> and for the fact that I'm pulling a major Kenyan this week and bringing you quite possibly the most depressing story I've ever done. Oh, good. Or it's at least tied with the woman in the box so oh. enjoy hey, it's not oh, it's not that graphic it's not that graphic okay so maybe it's Oof. not tied but it's pretty depressing it's not hello okay. kitty is it no okay this this preceded hello kitty okay um so mayuki ishikawa was born in kunitomi miyazaki yep and mm-hmm. graduated from the university of tokyo she later married Takeshi Ishikawa, and the relationship did not produce any children. But that's okay, because you don't need to have kids to be happy. You do you. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. She worked as a hospital director in the Kotobuki Maternity Hospital and was an experienced midwife. In the 1940s, in the throes of World War II, there were many babies in her maternity hospital, and Mayuki found herself facing a personal quandary. The oh, parents... No. Of many of these infants were poor and unable to raise their children properly without financial struggle, struggle. and she herself was unable to help the infants because there was no social structure or charitable services for um, for children. They yeah, just orphans. It, it just didn't exist. Abortion mm. was also illegal in Japan at this time, and in the eyes of 
the law, infants had next to zero rights. So they were not, you know, infants after birth, and basically until they were, like, of workable age, were mm-hmm. not a priority in the eyes of the law. They were, like, property. Correct. I think children still now in Japan are considered, like, you shouldn't have them in public. Like, keep I mean, I, keep I, them I, away. I can't speak to that. I can't speak to that, but the laws have changed significantly, and we will talk about that. Okay. I just okay. remember um, some recent news story of a woman, like, in the Japanese, what that would be, like, Congress there, brought her mm-hmm. baby with her, and the baby wasn't making noise or anything, but all the other men in the room were like, oh, my God, I cannot believe she brought a baby. Like, mm-hmm. it would be a little bit well, of a deal here, but there it was like, oh, my God, keep the baby there away. There are certainly think, social yeah. stigmas to a degree that maybe we don't experience in the States, but mm-hmm. the law is different from how it's perceived bringing a baby to work. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, I don't, I can't, I can't speak to that at all, but we can talk a little bit about the law later in this case. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. Cases of, in, is it infanticide? Infanticide. 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 But that reminds me of like. Fantasy. Fantasia. <laughs> yeah. Fanta. Uh, Fanta Orange. Infanta Orange aside, no, we're not going to make fun of that. Infanticide, by a parent, Mm -hmm. had typically been regarded as, like, what was quoted, bodily injury resulting in death under the criminal code of Japan, which is such a vague cause of death that many Mm -hmm. could get away with infanticide without facing any legal ramifications or repercussions. Oh. Huh. So it was kind of like... Yeah, the baby got hurt. We don't really care how or want to look, you know, spend resources like on looking into. Like it could have been into, an accident yeah. or a sickness. Yep. Babies get hurt exactly. all the time. Let's not exactly. investigate. Mm. <laughs> Precisely. So that's kind of how the how the law worked at the time. So, in order to solve this dilemma, Mayuki chose to neglect numerous infants, many of whom died as a direct result of this abuse. The exact Oh, oh no. yeah. Oh, yeah. She neglected them? Yep. She didn't even murder them? She neglected them? Yep. Uh, it gets worse. Oh, God. It oh, gets God. so much worse, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> the exact number uh. of victims is unknown, but it is estimated that she killed at least 103 babies. Uh. Oh. Mm-hmm. Oh. Almost all of the other midwives employed by the Kotobuki Maternity Hospital were disgusted by this practice, and without getting any kind of support in reporting these incidents, they would simply quit. Because So she was the director of the hospital, so they couldn't do anything. I mean, and some tried, but it was like, well, yeah. I mean, bodily injury, it happens. Bye. Oh. Oh. Not only did she take it upon herself to play God and decide that the children couldn't be cared for, she and her husband went so far as to offer their services in exchange for large sums of money from the parents, claiming that it would be less financial burden than the actual expense of raising the unwanted children to just have her and her husband take care of the kid. Like, get rid of the child. Committed fraud and mm-hmm. solicited orphans to then neglect and let die. Correct. Would the parents... For money. Correct. Or whoever gave them these children, did they know that she was going to let yeah. them die? 
Yes, she did. Ugh, yes, they did. Gross. And we'll talk about uh, that in a minute, too. I mean, there's a lot of reasons why this happened. Okay. Um, so, okay, one quick anecdote, though. Mm. <laughs> oh, God. Really, really, really sad story. Have I cut this if I've already told this story? I don't know if I have. But my cousin was adopted from the Republic of Georgia. Mm-hmm. And um, before she was adopted, my aunt and uncle tried to adopt a, a different child a few years prior. And that when they were there, I think they were already there, uh, ready to, like, pick up that child. All the paperwork was filled out. Mm -hmm. They had been vetted, whatever. They were, like, ready to adopt that child. The orphanage, uh, it was in winter, and the orphanage didn't pay their electricity bill. Oh, my God. And the electricity company shut off the power, and a bunch of babies died in the night like froze oh my yeah. god i mean there are so many places where there is not this like the social socioeconomic structure to maintain uh-huh. these facilities and, and and this was in the early 90s yep so this was still like very just immediate post-soviet right and they yeah and so their baby died the baby mm-hmm. that they were about to pick up and take home that's died. devastating. This is unfortunately they, not uncommon. Yeah. No, oh, it's just In so a lot of foreign adoption. Uh, it's very sad. Well, it reminds me of the uh, nursing home, I think, in Texas, where a bunch of senior citizens died the after flooding. the floods because they mm-hmm. yeah. didn't have whatever resources they needed to fucking save them. So it's not mm-hmm. just in Russia, and it's not just in no, underdeveloped these, these areas. Issues these issues affect, you know, every walk of life from every denomination all over the world. Mm-hmm. That's, That's just sad. reality in different well, ways. Well, the poor. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah, the poor. I mean, obviously. But I'm just mm-hmm. saying it's if you think that that's just happening in Japan or Russia, look in your own backyard and you'll see very similar devastation because of underfunded government, mm-hmm. you know, un- underfunded government ed- agencies and underfunded Healthcare and childcare, it's just, it's really sad. Lots of kids need to be adopted, and lots of kids need to be fostered by responsible, loving, caring foster families. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We'll get okay. to that too. Don't you worry. It's all okay. in here. I'm going to just My drink a bunch gets more real wine. High. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just going to down this glass of wine right now. Um, so, so upset. I'm so upset. It's okay. okay. It's only going to get worse. They also. <laughs> roped in a doctor, Shiro Nakayama, to be complicit in this scheme. And this doctor aided the couple by falsifying death certificates to make it look like these children died of natural causes, not just neglect and starvation and yada yada. Um, And many government agencies, particularly what was referenced here, the Shinjuku Ward Office ignored these actions. So something that I saw in lots of my research is that both the the maternity ward in which she worked, the hospital, and local government agencies were aware that this was happening and did not take Mm -hmm. action. It was also wartime. Yes, um, and we'll talk about that too, for sure. Yeah. So, infant infanticide had been an ongoing problem in Japan since the 30s, with foster children being 
um, the victims of a lot of this carnage. And as many as 66 foster children were killed between 1930 and 1933. So that's only the span of three years. And it was becoming an increasing crisis, and the Japanese government at the time was aware of it, but was not, again, not taking action. Mm -hmm. Um, Mayuki and her husband kind of maintained this business of theirs for years, but their reign of terror did come to an end when two police officers accidentally found the remains of five of their victims on January 12th, 1948. Um, Autopsies were performed on the bodies of these five babies and proved that they had not died of natural causes. And she mm-hmm. and Takeshi were arrested three days later. Many of the victims, uh, many of their victims were deserted children. And so she insisted that their parents were responsible for their deaths. And the public supported yeah, no. her in that claim. No. Mm-hmm. So when. Yep. So they weren't like, they weren't like beating these children or anything. They were just no. sitting them somewhere and they letting them die. Correct. Okay. Uh, that's worse. That's honestly worse. I mean, both are terrible. Yeah. Like, both are inexcusable. Um, but a full inga- investigation was still launched, and regardless of her seemingly popular theory that the parents were um, to blame for abandoning their children, um, they still went into this full investigation, which is kind of surprising considering, like, the gover- the gubernatorial stance at the time. I just like using the word gubernatorial even <laughs> when it's not mean what you think it does. I know. Not, not I know. appropriate, but I that's know. fine. I like it anyway. Um, police found <laughs> the bodies of over 40 children at the home of a local mortician that was, like, in cahoots with them. 30 mm. more were later discovered uh, buried under a temple. So it's not clear whether the folks running that temple were aware that the children were being buried there. God, that's so many babies. Oh, my God. That's only, you know, 70 of the babies that could be accounted for. The sheer number of deceased children recovered and the length of time over which the murders took place made it difficult for the authorities to determine the exact number of victims and the exact death toll remains unknown, but it is looking like... From other evidence. Over 100. Yeah, like 100 to 103 total babies. <gasps> mm-hmm. Oh, my God. So this is where y'all are going to get real mad. Get ready. Oh, this is where. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. Grabbing it, my it wine. Gets, if you can't, yeah, grab your wine. So the authorities uh-huh. viewed her homicides as a crime of omission, which is simply a failure to act. And uh, no, generally attracts not. different legal consequences. It's fucking worse than that. Yeah. Oh, my it's God. It's murder, but that's how the court viewed it, as a crime of omission. So in the Tokyo District Court, Mayuki was sentenced to eight years in prison. <gasps> oh, my God. While her husband, Takeshi, and their accomplice, Dr. Shiro Nakayama, were each sentenced to four years in prison. Wow. No. Oh, don't worry. It gets worse. Um, the couple appealed their sentences... And in 1952, the Tokyo High Court revoked the original sentence and sentenced Mayuki to four years in prison and Takeshi and the doctor to two years in prison. I have fucking rage goosebumps, Mm -hmm. which I didn't know existed, but I have them now. Yep. Jesus. So these sentences are shockingly lenient, obviously. Yeah. um, Especially by today's standards. But at the time... Japan was still recovering from its, like, World War II decimation, Mm -hmm. combined with Mm -hmm. Japanese laws regarding the rights of infants, and these crimes simply were not considered significant. And that is beyond fucked up, but 
This is one of the million reasons access to women's health care services, education, and safe abortion are so important. Mm-hmm. And not mm-hmm. just an American issue, but an international issue. Yeah. And mm-hmm. abortion mm-hmm. was ruled illegal in Japan in 1880 under Emperor Meiji. I think sure. that's how you pronounce that. I'm not sure. Why not? Um, who believed that babies would grow into strong soldiers who would later serve Japan. But if they weren't starved to death right. after birth. 66 years and an enormous population boom later. In 1946, we have 10 million people who are declared at risk of starvation as a direct result of overpopulation. In Japan alone? In Japan alone. Holy shit. Due to the ban on abortions, the population of Japan increased by 11 million between the years 1945 and 1950. That's five years. As they're climbing out of That's the World insane. War II mess, they just have Correct. Peop- starving people everywhere. That's And wonderful. they do not have access to... Um, safe legal abortion. N- safe legal abortion, but not even that. They don't have access to preventative care. They don't have condoms. They don't have birth control. Yeah. Yeah. And so these are not just like reckless. I mean, this is, I'm using massive quotes because obviously Mm -hmm. sexuality is not, you know, having sex is not a reckless act per se. Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. this is not just like women going out, spreading it all over town without using a condom because they don't give a shit. This is like a systemic Mm -hmm. problem of lack of access to the proper education and healthcare to prevent it's it's a culmination of issues mostly because the services were not in place to teach people about how to avoid pregnancy that they couldn't sustain. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. It was just it, it's a huge problem, uh, and of also, course, also apparently weird abortion fact uh, up through like the late Middle Ages until a fetus was somewhat viable outside of the womb. Mm -hmm. Like, basically until a fetus was, like, kicking in the womb, Mm -hmm. abortion was not considered a crime. Like, obviously they didn't have, like, abortion the way we know it today, Mm -hmm. but they could take certain herbs that would, you know, that were more likely to cause... Uh, a miscarriage, Mm -hmm. whatever. And that was not considered illegal or a crime or immoral. Mm -hmm. And think about how religious medieval society, medieval European society Mm -hmm. was. Still not considered It's a really strange ebb and flow of like social, you know, ethics in regards to this particular issue. And it's always Uh going to be so polarizing. There Um, there was also a big uptick in uh, anti-abortion sentiment after the advent of like ultrasounds. Correct. Mm-hmm. Because it was seen as like, oh, you could get an, a glimpse at mm-hmm. what was in store for you and you could choose to not have that yeah. child. And I can tell you right fucking now, that is not a thing that mothers do. Mm-hmm. In India, um, you it's illegal to tell the parents uh, the sex of their unborn child. Mm-hmm. Because so they, they prefer have ultrasounds. Men. Yeah. Yeah. yeah they, they want. So they have. Yeah. Checkups and everything, but the doctors are not allowed to say the name, the, to say the supposed sex of yeah, the Yeah, because the mothers could take action if they, you know, are under pressure yeah. to have a male child. Also, women live generally worse lives in a lot of areas in India. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's well, tough. all over. Yeah. Anyway. Um... But, of course, also coming out of World War II, this was literally the worst time ever for a baby boom. And infants were just 
abandoned so often mm-hmm. as soon as they were born because mm-hmm. families couldn't afford to feed them. Families, families' homes were rubble. Mm-hmm. I mean, and I got to imagine a, a lot of young men who fathered these children were dead. Yep. Yeah, or, totally. Or young men who fathered these children were occupying soldiers. You know, yeah. there's a lot going on here that is not just, oh, this stupid woman got pregnant and now doesn't want her kid, which is like such a yeah. fucked up way to look at it. But that's yeah. how so many people look at abortion when it's actually way more complicated yeah. than that. Yeah. She um, decided so incident, after seven months of being pregnant that she didn't no, want a baby. That's not, not a thing. That's yeah. not a thing. Um, not how it works. This, also, we will not be answering any pro-life emails. Uh-huh. Go on. <laughs> yeah. I mean, are you willing to adopt the 11 million, you know, babies that were born between 1945 and 1950 that can't be cared for in Japan alone? Mm-hmm. No? Then I don't want to hear your pro-life sentiment. Mm-hmm. Um, this incident is regarded as the principal reason that the Japanese government began to consider the legalization of abortion in Japan. Uh, One of the reasons this incident was thought to have occurred, obviously, was as a result of an increase in the number of unwanted infants born in Japan. And on July 13th, 1948, so shortly after uh, Mayuki was caught and convicted, the Eugenic Protection Law, which is now the Mother's Body Protection Law, and a national examination system for midwives was established to help prevent this and to provide proper services for women who are expecting mm-hmm. and cannot take care of their child. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like the June sounds 24- of mother's body protection law. I like that too. <laughs> it sounds really nice. It's great. On June 24th, 1949, abortion for economic reasons was legalized under the eugenic protection law in Japan. So if you found yourself pregnant and you knew that you were not economically able to sustain a, a life you were able to have an elective abortion, which is a huge fucking deal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So did, did um, they have to have someone, like, come in and assess your situation to, like, sign off on that? I don't know for sure, but I Probably think... Probably not. That I seems don't like a think big waste so. of labor. Yeah, I think yeah. a lot of these parameters are just in place because if you come in and you don't have an identifiable medical reason why you can't have the child, this allowed you, you to like, seek a legal abortion yep, with a reason that wasn't going to put you under scrutiny by the law. Mm-hmm. That's, mm-hmm. My, that's my impression of that. Um, and weird thing, after getting arrested, coming for her trial, and then serving her fucking four years in prison, Mayuki Ishikawa vanished from the face of the earth. No, at least she pulled any, a Cordonia. Yeah, pretty much. At least any and all record of her did. So to this day, no one knows where she went, when or how she died. I hope she stayed the fuck away from children. Yeah, I hope so too. They can assume that she is dead because she was like in her 20s, 30s in 1940. But mm-hmm. they don't have any clue how she died or when she died. And like on all of the articles, it says <laughs> date of death unknown. Maybe wow. she went into Which that super weird. weird suicide forest that they have there. Maybe, but I don't know. I don't. I don't Probably know. I not. think. I think she honestly. I would imagine she went out into a rural area and just lived out the rest of her days without too much exposure to the population because of this was pretty 
this is known well as known. like yeah, and this is known as like the m- biggest like bloodbath of Japanese crime history. Like she well, was not against this was Japanese not, children. <laughs> right. This was not like an under the radar trial or yeah. situation. I think she was pretty prominent in the public eye at the time and mm-hmm. she probably wanted to just get out of dodge and not not be mm-hmm. and it, in the city. It also anymore, sounds which like uh killing these children or letting them die uh wasn't necessarily a compulsion as it was that maybe she saw no. it as a civic duty on her part. Opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? I, I do think that there is an element of that. I mean I think that it's hard when you work in an industry with so many restraints like she did. And I'm not at all condoning what she did, no. to be perfectly fair. No. But I can Especially see where the, her mindset, like she sees this every day is these women coming in and having these babies that they can't afford and having no other option. And she did and the that the hospital up, maybe can't afford. Yeah. yeah. And she did the fucked up thing of she, if she hadn't capitalized on it, if she had found yes. some other way to maybe alleviate this issue other than fucking starving babies and asking people for money to get rid of their kids, I'd have a different view of her. Yeah. She profited off of it and she solicited Correct. people's children to then let die. No, she if she were like running some out of her village backyard, like moderately safe abortion clinic and people were dying as a result, I would actually have more sympathy for her because at least she was trying to provide to services yeah, that yeah. were not accessible. Mm-hmm. I could find a way to justify yeah. that. Yeah. I can't fucking justify... But if she's justify... managing to feed herself yep. and she's managing to profit she's off of money. it instead of buying food for these kids... No. Yeah, no, she's a murderer. Fuck that. She's a total murderer. Like, this bitch is crazy. I kind of get the social construct that put her in this position Mm -hmm. and allowed Mm -hmm. her to exploit this situation, but she's a fucking Mm -hmm. monster. Yeah, but there is a lot of context. And her husband and the doctor. And the doctor. And and the the morgue. I hope they enjoyed their collective, like, six years in prison and they can all go fuck themselves. Mm -hmm. Eight years, yeah. All right. Yeah, right. Total eight years served between the three of them. That's insane. Oh, God. Well, she's definitely a murder glass ceiling breaker. Yeah, she is. An infamous female. Mm-hmm. She fits this topic, she and that fits was the, the most depressing. <laughs> is that fucked up? That is Super. so fucked up. Ugh. Get it together, oh world. <laughs> yeah. Legal abortion, right. safe healthcare services for all. Thank you. Yep. For else, Contraception. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Family planning. Preventative okay. fucking care. <laughs> HPV shot. Yeah. Okay. So, Dark chocolate. Um, again. <laughs> <laughs> Because we're adding Special to our wish one. list. I'm really hungry, and I could totally go for some dark chocolate. Taco Bell. <laughs> Chalupa. Equal pay for equal work. Um, so One million dollars. <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay, I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. But chalupas, though. Um, okay. So. One million dollars of chalupas. Oh, my God. We'd all die. No. We would all die. We'd die happy. <laughs> the diarrhea alone. Okay. Okay, so special thanks this week to uh, the fan who selected this topic, Grace LaRange. Mm. You have the coolest name. Mm. Yeah. Um, And we really appreciate your generosity and also your creativity Mm -hmm. in coming up with this topic. This topic was great, and we got to rage just enough and laugh just enough 
kind of the perfect balance. Yeah, <laughs> it was perfect. All right, who wants to take the next Mander? one? Jill Jablonski. Yes. At $5 a month, thank you so much for your contribution. <laughs> Nicole Jason. At $5 a oh. month, thank you. Jason, Jason. Jason, Jason, Jason. Uh, Charissa slash Rissa. At $10 a month, you're going to be getting a fucking patriarchy wine mm-hmm, glass. Mm-hmm, God bless. Mm-hmm. Whether you want it or not. Oh, you getting it, girl. But if you don't want it, let <laughs> us know. We'll totally give it to someone else. No, that's fine. You're getting it. Uh, you know who else is getting one? Christina oh. Lang. No relation? Mm-hmm. No relation. No doesn't relation. have the I. Oh, right. $10 a month, you get that FP mm. glass. And if you ever want to boost up to 15, you get some random trash from one of our houses. <laughs> trash queen. Ooh, I know this one. Go ahead, laugh. All mm. right. Aaron Finkenauer. Uh, somehow related to Amanda. My third cousin twice removed in law. <laughs> <laughs> Donating at $10 a month. You'll be getting your FP glass. Don't put it in the dishwasher. Yeah, it melts. <laughs> Hand wash only. Same. Ditto to Kirsten McFarlane. Ditto. Woo. Ditto. Ditto. Nice. And Christina, who's too cool. They don't even need a last name. They're like Prince or no. Madonna or Cher. God bless. You get an FP wine glass coming at you. Cleopatra coming at you real soon. Cher-stina. <laughs> Cher-stina. <laughs> Janet Evans, also at $10 a month. We got a lot of ten dollar, yep. ten dollar donations rolling. Yeah, I'm loving you guys it. are this amazing. Was big, it was a big week. Yeah, it was amazing. Actually, we're really, really happy. Big thanks, we're Entertainment really Weekly. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Entertainment Weekly. <laughs> this, is, this is before. This is before that. But yeah, Fair these enough. people were cool before we hit you it. You guys big. are helping ah. us so hugely get to CrimeCon. It's yep. going to be amazing. So time. important. Which is so far, we've only sold enough tickets to pay for our hotel room and awesome. not for my flight. Yeah. We're, yes. so, we're so, Thank you. so appreciative of the five plus of you who have used our code so far. Thank you for doing Keep that. Keep in Thank mind, so using much. our Thank code you. gets you 10% off a regular ticket. Sure so does. it helps you and it definitely helps us. So, And the so code is wine crime. Yeah. One word. Wine yep. crime. Wine one word. crime. One word. All right, we have a few more amazing Patreons. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, y'all left me with yeah, a really well. hard one. <laughs> Sucks. She's okay. got a pronunciation guide. <laughs> oh, that's true, that's true. Okay, Mary Stoikoy, and she sent us a pronunciation guide and said, quote, it's a hot mess, I know. And if you guys could see all the letters that went it's, into Stoikoi, you would agree. It's a hot mess of vowels. There's like literally three consonants in this. you. That's how I would pronounce it. Stoy, see, yeah, I, I mean, we would have been screwed without her, yep. so thank you so much. Bless you, Mary Stoikoi. What up? And then here I am with Ricky Hill. Oh. Yeah. Ricky Lake, Ricky what Hill. Thank you for name. your donation. Ricky I know. Hill. I love the name Ricky Amazing. so much. <laughs> All right, Lindsay Washburn, $10 a month. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. Don't burn Don't yourself. Don't burn yourself on the wash. <laughs> I just said that. <laughs> that was really tough. Also, 
Lizette Shields. Yes. And she is donating at $15 a month, which is a new tier in which you will get a random piece of trash <laughs> yeah. from Lucy's house. Get ready for a hairball and some old scratch-off You guys, if you're thinking about uh, donating at the trash queen level, you should yep. do it soon because I have a whole pile of things that aren't trash yep. yet. It might be useful yeah. to Eventually, you. it will just be trash. Yep. Right now, it's still just like tchotchkes that Get Lucy's that ready trash to recycle. while it's hot, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> I literally... For limited time only. When, when we moved into this house, my parents brought bins that were in their attic that were labeled... Of tchotchkes? It was labeled, stuff I don't want but don't want to throw away, 2001. <laughs> <laughs> I got a lot of those bins. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I got bins of shit for you guys. That is amazing, and I kind of want to donate to ourselves at fifteen dollars a month. <laughs> I gave you that Lisa Frank Trapper keeper. You did, and I'm coming down to visit you next weekend, and I'm sure I will have a trunk. Thank God I'm borrowing Dan's hatchback with all the shit. Every time I go visit Lucy in Iowa, I come back with like eight more things, and Dan's like, really? Are you kidding me? (laughs) We do not have room. I have a lot of weird stuff. I have my own compulsions. I'm I'm trying to get over it. I'm here for you. I love it. You and my talk space therapist. We've got one more. (laughs) We've got one more Patreon that deserves a full throated. Shout yes. Out. Yes. Yeah, she does. He or she or they. It's Amanda's turn. Who's turn is it? Is it yeah. me? <laughs> Stephanie, cleansing. You're cleansing me in the waters of Lake Minnetonka <laughs> with your $25 a month donation. Oh. You will be able to pick a topic and or crime and or wine and or go for all three mm-hmm. if you can make that mm-hmm. happen. Because mm-hmm. of your amazing generosity, thank you so much. Much. You're paying <laughs> love you. for us to go to Nashville. We need you. We need you. And you will also be getting we a random you. piece of trash from my house. And a wine glass. <laughs> and a wine glass. And a wine glass. Yeah. I'm not crying. Okay. You're crying. Also, <laughs> special, special thanks this week to our sponsor, our main man slash woman slash neither talk space. Uh, go to Talkspace.com forward slash gals for $30 off your first month. And we out. Love you. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Wine and Crime. Our cover art is by Kala Yip. Music by Phil Young and Corey Wendell. Check out our website and blog at wineandcrimepodcast.com. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at wineandcrimepod. If you have wine recommendations or creepy true crime stories to share, email us at wineandcrimepodcast at gmail.com. Episodes are available on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, basically wherever you get your podcasts. More importantly, if you like the show, please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. It really is the best way to spread the word. We are a totally independent show, so if you'd like to support us and get a shout-out on air... Visit our Patreon page to keep this podcast and the wine flowing. Cheers! Hey guys, do you like mysteries and urban legends? Do you like creepy stories and unsolved true crime? 
Then join us every Tuesday and Saturday at Mysteries and Urban Legends and get to the bottom of weird urban legends and spooky mysteries.